Oh, yeah, Spence. I'm so stoked to be back here once again on our Ventura Forward podcast, where we're searching for those tasty waves, hot tunes, fun in the sun, righteous food, and all the news across the 805. On this episode number 70, Holy Toledo, we're breaking down our unique journalistic point of view throughout Ventura County. We're in the middle of October. How you feeling? Feeling great. 150 years of Ventura County and 70 episodes of Ventura Forward. Yeah, I loving it. My voice is cracking as we're getting out of our puberty stage into stretching our legs out. And boy, am I excited. I was at City Council for seven hours this Monday night. This podcast is going to be breaking down the fire station number seven. Will it happen? We don't know yet. Main Street moves, making it a pedestrian mall in the downtown area, possibly can be forever. And also the Thomas Fire Overlay Ordinance to where 50 plus homes still need to be built from the fire that happened over five and a half years ago. That information is coming up for you very soon. Interesting on the 50 homes as tragedies go. Some people who are totally insured, ready to go, their houses were built quickly and they have some beautiful houses to look at now because a lot of the restrictions on on building and you know redoing the plans and the like were um you know that for this there was a special waiver dispensation if you will for people but for somebody going through all that for all these years that's that's tough uh, being without uh, your home for that many years Absolutely. And we're going to talk about those topics in depth here for the next 30 minutes. We want to always thank you for your time, Tom Spence, on the best morning show, all of our sponsors, all that time to get this community information out there for only Ventura local people. That word, we're going to dissect it in depth today, but the 805 and then something that can impressionate the world. We know how special this area is, and we want to know how special all those contributions are. So thank you, Spence, for being here. Thank you for Ray Fresco and those tasty beats always bringing in our opening set. We appreciate you, fellas, especially Maddie on the drums, shouting it out. Let's start there, Spence. You said 150 years and Ray Fresco. We need not go any farther because they're going to be opening for Big Bad Voodoo Daddy at a Ventura County Museum party this year. They're celebrating 150 years in Santa Paula at an all-day music festival Saturday. You're going to be there, correct? Going to be there. Uh, Whiskey Business is the country band, and uh, Mariachi Camarillo is going to be playing the music, too. So you talk about variety between all of those. The thing I love about Ray Fresco, I don't know how to peg them. They're just good. You know, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy has a rock swing. Everybody knows that, the dancing, the Lindy Hoppers. But Ray Fresco, a unique sound, because I will say, you know, there's some rock bands like Jethro Tull, uh, Ian Anderson playing the flute, uh, but Ray Fresco has a harp. Chote, we'll be so bringing there. it. So that's a, it's, a, it's a different sound. It's a great sound. Uh, so what a setup we are going to have in Santa Paula. Sean will be on the bass. Joe will probably be there on the guitar. And Roger, Kiaho, you know, lead. I bet you Roger's going to be pumped for this. This is a big show for Ray Fresco. You know, when you get kind of big and let's say hashtag famous early at a young age from localism and then kind of go through a dip in the music business, but you keep playing. I love the perseverance. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Of part, the perseverance of, you know, life comes up. Here comes a little burp. Here comes a hiccup. Here comes maybe a little two. But you know what? Life's a long journey. And as a musician and you love music, you're the music guy, I'm the sports guy. But most importantly, musicians keep it rolling. I was watching a 
documentary on the band Mud Honey, which was out of uh, Seattle in the early grunge days. And it turns out they all hated the word grunge. They just and grunge, oddly enough, historically, uh, Australia used it first with music that they had there. The grungy sound is what they called it. Sub Pop was a big label up there. But this is a band, Mud Honey, and I can't use the word they use, but they say if you always play music just for the masses, hits, and the record people, you're can't say the bad <laughs> f word. But that was their take on it. And they just powered through, and they were always there entertaining people. They didn't hit the levels of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and that. But they're just playing music, entertaining, and having a blast. Over how many years ago was grunge? 30, 31? Maybe. Way back. Maybe even a little late, earlier. Don't, yeah, don't date us too much here. From the late 80s. But it's just fun. That's what I appreciate about music is the bands that just, just keep going, entertain, and they have a blast. That's what you're going to get in Santa Paula. And that's why we're moving at Ventura forward, right? When is these dates special? 150 years? That's a blip on the radar for maybe the millions of years that's been preserving this land that we're here sharing it. Come out and share that with the Ventura County. 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, 2.30 the concert starts uh, on this Saturday. A lot of events always going on. But when Ray Fresco is celebrating on the big stage with something like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. It's not slipping by Ventura Ford's podcast on number 70. Okay, Spence, we got some rumors and some goodies for you. As we're on Instagram live right now, we're going to share this video. Make sure you download that podcast, get after our sponsors, and maybe even donate $5 a month on the Patreon. So do you want rumors about the Thomas Fire Overlay station, fire station number seven, or... I'm blanking on number three. Ventura moves. Ventura Main Street move. Downtown. What do you want? I would like to start off with the firefighters. Okay. Firefighters. On Monday night, the bombshell was this. How did Mayor Joe Schrader not know about station number seven in his own district? Let me give you the exact location of where you have known for sure in the city of Ventura. When you come down Seaward, south on Seaward, before you hit the 101, it dips down underneath the railroad tracks. God bless Austin, who lost his life there running in the last couple of years. The young man that was running, he got hit by a car. Always I think about Austin right there. You come down, you can make a right and go into that dead-end road down to the Scientology building. And then there's that industrial area to the right there. It looks like an old water pumping station. I heard that there was a well there at one point. Uh, Bert Handy brought some information out that at one point, Pierpont area had a well there in the evolution of Ventura, but it got kind of this, uh, the ocean water in the underneath the, the ground, the salt water got in the freshwater tank, so kind of contaminated it, and they didn't try to reestablish a well in Pierpont. But more importantly, the fire has been doing training there for over 60, 70 years. The chief testified, Chief Ndaya, David Ndaya, that he had been training there in that area since the day he had been in the fire department. So to act like this is something new that the fire uses, it's, it's not new. So the importance of this is this, that most... Mayor Joe Schrader said, how did I know not know Station 7 was happening? Because we need the times to lower down in the harbor, down in Pierpont. Because if you look at the city of Ventura, all of the fire stations are almost along one road, right? Main Street, Telegraph, and Telephone. It's harder to get down to the bottom of the fingerlings. Yes, we have a relationship with Ventura County. Yes, we have a relationship with Oxnard Fire. It's very intricate how this works. The point of all this being is, how could the mayor not know? And, and he publicly testified that he only found out about four months ago 
about this possibility, and it came from our own Amy Cherry through a public comment. So important because now, Spence, they voted it down. It was going to be $20 million for a temporary station that allowed these new vehicles that we have. The number one thing right now is stress and stress, PTSD, and all a lot of our firefighters working doubles, working 48-hour shifts, and then you get four days off. So you work 48, you're off for 96, I think is the math, right? 48, 96. But everyone says we're kind of tired. So can we diversify the call volume through this system? The fire department had it all set up. City Council started complaining about the money and ultimately about parking stations being electrified. So the fire station got stopped because of having electrification in the kitchen, electrification in the parking lot. Can you believe it? So we're rolling EVs, (laughs) fire trucks? Councilman, how far will that truck go? Do you know how heavy water is for the ones? Is that the tinder that carries water? I Council member Bill McReynolds has been doing great work, but he might be right now barking up the wrong tree about wanting to electrify everything at one time. Every the last week or two weeks ago, he was talking about the new water treatment facility plant off of Alevis and Harbor, the land that goes from a, the golf course right to the area right before you get into the harbor. They need that 10 acres and five acres of it is going to be for the new reclamation project for the water pure project. Hope you're following this podcast. You're a forward tier. This is some deep Ventura information. It's the goods. So the point there being is Bill wanted the whole thing. We got to have EV charging, EV this, EV that. That's okay if you're building maybe a new facility, but when you're trying to get a fire station and lowering the time that an engine gets from the harbor from 10 minutes to seven minutes, the community is saying that they want that extra three minutes in case Uncle Ralphie's having a heart attack and now you're bringing the conversation of EV charging stations into saving somebody's life. That's different than putting at a water purification plant. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, the EV thing is kind of funny. I would wait for the technology to grow because uh, trucks are heavy. And I, I don't know enough about it. I know that they're doing 18-wheelers now that are EVs. Uh, but uh, with the firefighters, let's keep them diesel. I'm assuming they run diesel. And you're thinking the trucks, but engines. You know, Maybe they're thinking yeah. about the fleet cars. But if, sure. if, if you're going to do it all, do it all. Mm-hmm. But we talked about yesterday on the phone. Now at a design and review committee, just to do a little side tangent, there's a proposal to put a gas station out on Wells and Tele- Telegraph Road. Absolutely not. Are you putting a gas station in the city of Ventura ever again if you're telling me that you're not funding the fire department to help do what the chief says because you want EV stations in the parking lot there? We're not doing this. We're not saying that we want EV and no gas in the building and then building a gas plant for an outdated business plan. It's not happening. We're getting on the same page. We're going to either open up the fire station right away and not do EVs and maybe entertain a gas station or say no gas station and bring the EVs or maybe a hybrid of that. But it's not going to be the, the two of the worst. Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting fight, though. It's a lot of money and, you know, money's hard to get to these days. So 11 million for the station. Twenty five million. Twenty five million for a temporary station. Oof. Uh, so it, it's a but lot it, of cash. But, but it can become permanent, too. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It can be per- temporary, become permanent. But yes, it's a. But when you have your chief sitting there saying that we worked on this for two and a half years. Right. That's the hard thing about city council. These people are not doing their research. And then the storyline goes into where Barry Fisher, the ex assistant deputy city manager, a man making one hundred sixty five, two hundred thousand dollars a year now working for the county, worked for the city for about two years. And the 
fire chief testified this was his number one responsibility was getting this thing done. But that was under Alex McIntyre, not Bill Ayub. That was working with Akbar. Who's Did Bill Ayub talk on this? Bill Ayub didn't say a word. Okay. That's interesting as well. With all my respect, 10 out of 10 job for what Mr. Ayub is doing. I do want to hear a little bit more vocalism during council meetings. This is why it's good to go to other city council meetings because how does that city manager interact with the people? How does that mayor interact? How does the city clerk interact, mm -hmm. right? This is all part of the process in the government, American government process of democracy that has order that you have to learn to be the most productive in the process. So we have that. That's a huge issue. Public safety is always uh, primary for tax dollars, I would say. Yes, sir. Public safety is number one. Uh, number two, let's go over to the downtown Main Street Ventura and the issue there. As it sits, I like it a lot. And, you know, I'm from, I live in Fillmore, but I love going into Ventura and we, you know, grab a dinner occasionally there and it's very pleasant. But there are some other issues with it. Some of it access, some of it how businesses feel that want to get that quick 20-minute customer that comes in, looks at a couple of dresses or whatever. So it's good, but it does challenge some businesses. So what did you hear on that? I heard that the business owners were there and the ones that are downtown want it in the majority, about 80%. I'm going to throw out a few numbers here. A lot of them are data come by Ventura Forward, Trade Desk, other groups. But number one, when city council asked the economic development team, when was the last time you pulled the community about this topic? When did they say? January. Six months ago. Two years. Whoa. Okay. Last time. Thank you for the reaction. Dang. That's a long time. That's way too long. Mm -hmm. And things have changed. Business owners want stuff. That's like out of COVID. That's how long it's been. 2021. Yeah, right. And so so what's been going on with that? First off, we need to find out if Plan Ventura is not going to be around in six months once Raymond Associates has gone and the general plan's done. Where is a really transparent voice coming from? That's where Ventura Ford is trying to step into a realm and be a transparent voice not done by a nonprofit or the government dollar. But moving it forward in the direct conversation that happened. Meredith Hart is trying really hard. Kevin Carisi is trying very hard for the downtown Ventura partnerships. Christy Ware, the executive director is there for another nonprofit for the downtown partners. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the downtown Ventura partner stuff that they want this overwhelmingly to be a forever closed pedestrian mall. Okay. That's option one. Option two is a flex model, which can have California reopen other side streets reopen, but still have the pedestrian mall permanently. Number three option, go back to how it was. Okay. Ultimately, with the option that I was trying to present, which didn't have there was option four was a hybrid model to where you open it on certain days. Because here's the main question. We can talk about it for hours, but I want to give you five solid minutes on this. And we want to know what you think. It comes down to the community as a whole. While there is a section down to Ventura, downtown Ventura area, it gets down to two things. Who should make the majority decision? The landowners the business owners of that area who have the majority of the voice and receive tax dollars from the TOT. And that represents about less than 2,000 to 3,000 of the workers that live down there, downtown people that work there and the owners, okay? The number of, we don't have a big populated downtown. It's one of our biggest complaints, right? We don't have those huge areas for people to live. It's all two or three stories. Some of them, Bella Majorno, the Ventura Inn. These aren't highly populated areas by a lot of active people. 
if it, I wish it was. So gets into the ultimately who makes a decision, how much of the community they represent, and then what does the other 85% of Ventura think? Because it's all of our downtown. It's not just downtown's downtown. It's Montavos. It's all of a desirable place that we want to be community. And with Maria Fiore, uh, Maria Fiore, uh, Maria Switek, who owns Cafe Fiore, she told me, and she lives there. And I love it. She 10 out of 10. But is there a ton of community? Are we just gearing it towards the localized downtown people, Spence? So that's my main question to you ultimately is, how do we get that vibe to say, can we open this to the locals in Ventura that live on the east side that want to visit Spicetopia and that used to drive down Main Street, park in the front, walk two steps in, get back in their car, park and leave and oppose the person who likes to walk and have their kids run around? What do you think? I like to pull up and shop for 20. And I know a lot of people are going to throw rocks at me right now, but that's one reason why I like the parking meters. I did a lot of driving in L.A., a lot of driving in L.A. Like, I mean, for four years, I drove in L.A. And you need turnover for businesses to happen. You need turnover. So you like more meters. I Well, the one reason, too, it's just, even if, I don't know if they could work out a way, but generally that 50 cents a dollar, a dollar 50. Right. For what the business can do to constantly keep a flow and keep new people. Because one of the problems is a worker can park there and be there for seven hours. Somebody could just pull up and say, I'm going to walk down the street and go to the library for a couple of There's just issues with that. It's turnover in front of businesses. And people say, I don't want it to be like the big city. But if you do have a business and somebody's parked right in front of it for a while, there can be a problem. So I like turnover a lot. I, I, I'm spot on with you. I find on this topic me almost agreeing with a lot of people and their ideas, but nobody has a full package, that special ball of wax, right, of keeping the land in the city area. Because one of the best things about this, is gonna, for all the forward tiers right now, this is, is coming from the heart. Because people ask me all the time, how do we stop LAing Ventura, right? Yeah. Everyone says the same thing. The free parking in Ventura isn't a prime example of how this feels different than Los Angeles. When you go downtown, you can park free downtown and walk to the beach. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist in California anymore. And what they're trying to do is bring that evolutionary spot here. So like to get our parking lot, that farmers or market used to be on, on Palm and Santa Clara, right? You know, the area I'm talking yeah, about. Sure. Okay. They want to make that a four story parking structure. Mm. But when that comes in, you have to take the, the property out of city property and sell it to somebody for them to build in that much investment. That's not coming out of the CIP indirectly and owning it. So there's a process and all that to make the money move forward. Just like the clock tower in wanted to buy the parking lot behind them. They were in the process of doing that. They put up a sign, Ventura Forward did a video about it. Guess what happened the next week? The sign was gone. We're moving things forward. Thank you for listening to this conversation because do you think that you could have an accomplished idea that I have like Monday through Thursday, change it to one way? Because I figured this out. If you have two ways, north and south or whatever, east and west, it would be hard to have both sides have the restaurants. So my thought is just go downhill Monday through Thursday. Friday, you close it Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And we all as a community know those are the days Here's the situation. Or do you like closing it permanently? Give me your, give me your right. And I love that you're giving that face. It's a tough mm -hmm. decision. I love putting you on the spot because council couldn't make a decision. 
They voted three for three or six to total, but you knew what the votes were being to kick the can down the road to be close to making it permanent again. But Kevin Clarice went in clear direction. Council didn't give it. So Spence, if you were the elected official, what would your clear direction be? I would like to have the variable of driving Monday through Thursday for sure and then doing the downtown eatery, maybe starting at 3 o'clock, whenever they would do that. So Because basically the downtown is a little bit more of a loungy and a walking community for the weekend. Again, I know I don't live here, but I've worked here for over 30 years in this building in Montalvo. So I have an idea of what happens. I think having the access so it is kind of fun and it's a walker's paradise, if you will, with all the great shops and restaurants. Mm -hmm. But Monday through, maybe it is time that we can drive through again and give everybody access uh, to those businesses that they do have the quick 20 to 30 minute stop and go. Especially, I like that idea. Thank you. Okay. Yes, we agreed together on this. That proves again that's a good idea. I want City of Ventura officials to be reading this and supporting business all across town and make sure numbers are up, just not for that. Okay. Topic number three. We have a couple more minutes. Yes, we do. Woohoo! Yeah, dogs. I'm loving this. If you're watching on Ventura Forward, that was my fake little cheer there. If you're checking on an Instagram, you can do it. I just saw Skyler checked in. He's excited about his La Quinta project, which we hit hard about. And we have a big accomplishment from Ventura Forward, too, as 135 transitional living homes are going to be here in the La Quinta. Everyone knows I'm not happy about losing hotel rooms close to the Channel Harbor and chances to visit Ventura. But it's not going to be an unregulated by a, a really, I don't want to say class. How would I say this? Unregulated market is different than being funded by the state. That the state of state housing authorities involved is gonna make it a different situation opposed to what's happening at Mercy House in La Quinta. So as I see Skylar on there, that's a quick tidbit for you. We forecasted the La Quinta a lot on this podcast. It's happening. We're losing 130, 122 hotel rooms, 135 hotel rooms, 122 transitional living facilities. Is it permanent? That's what kind of scares me. If it helps the homeless situation on Victoria, I'm for it. Spence, thoughts. Okay. Uh, if it helps homeless, you know, and by helping the homeless, making them do something. This is when the rubber's hit. The, you know why I like this the most? Because this is going to make the rubber hit the road. If Sacramento wants to give us 35 million bucks and the county wants to accept it, I better see change. If I see it get worse on Victoria, we see z- zombies. Call them for what they will. Mm-hmm. People coming off fentanyl. People coming off methamphetamines by choice. Doing drugs in the city of Ventura, panhandling, making people feel uncomfortable. I'm tired of seeing it everywhere. It's not okay. If this facility doesn't help that type of situation, I see more zombies across town. I'm going to hold that money accountable 100%. Yeah, we need rehab, not enablers. And a lot of this stuff is enabling people to just say, I have a safe place to continue my, my habit, my addiction. And we all know about addiction. And some of our good friends, some of our family members have had that and they've succumbed to that. But if you don't start cracking the whip to some degree, so if they get all that money, I hope it's used for for facilities that will get people off of drugs, not just give them a little safe place to go. I agree completely. Okay, council meetings. Rehab, baby. Ventura Ford, again, was at those council meetings. I had a message come in. Thank you for shooting all the, the DMs and all the messages. 20, 30, 40 a day. Absolutely love you guys. The socialcation was great. I took two weeks off social media and the podcast a little bit. My grandmother passed away. My wife's uh, grandma, Grandma Betty, God bless you. 
I feel fresh. I feel recharged. I'm getting after it. The schedule is in place. Do not fret. You have the Ventura Ford that you're looking for. Thank you to our sponsors. We're going to be active at the Ventura Music Hall. We're getting some stuff done. Pacific Coin, West Coast Signs, Goodwill, all the restaurants out there, Pete's Breakfast House, Johnny's, anybody else who wants to step in. We have a new realtor program happening for 10 special realtors to be involved in business with Ventura Forward and our Instagram platform. Get involved. Do these things because when you get with Ventura Forward, your name gets out in the community, and that's what we're here for, a special ball of wax going into the deepest rumors and we don't start our rumors for the most part we find out if they're true because where were the rubber hits the road spence topic number three was a thomas fire overlay and that basically was saying how do we help people modify and move the process forward faster that are building their homes in the thomas fire area which is mostly the clear point on the londo area and a, a little above Skyline, excuse me, the Skyline, of course, duh. And then into above Ventura High School and, of course, down off Heilberger above the college. 500-plus homes. 50 have yet to be developed. I know a lot about this. I took a picture of every lot after the fire. My friend rebuilt a home up there. I've known many family and close members who have built, rebuilt homes there. The process continues. The rumor was this. Some architect was having a problem with the process taking too long. He came and gave public comment two weeks ago and said somebody in the district attorney's office at the county used a Thomas Fire overlay to remodel their house that didn't burn down. Now, what are your thoughts about that? If true, and would you believe a rumor like that? And then we have to prove more before we talk about it. What are your thoughts? Uh, one of the issues when you have any horrible disaster like this, I know someone whose house was Fairly far from the flames were up at it, but fairly far away. They got new drapes, new carpet, new insulation, new everything because it was air quotes inundated by smoke. There were many people who were in desperate need of help and assistance, and hopefully they got it. There are some other people that took a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, and n n I see the temptation to do that if it's offered. Why not say yes? Uh, but there there was some, and I guess for all the people who were helped, you have to accept the others. Uh, but it's tough. And with the other ones, was it a lack of insurance? You know, what what is stopping the final 50? Are they trying to sell the the flats? You know, are they trying to sell the um, the property now? I've, I've, I've worked for real estate, uh, Doug Needham, hello. And he has a pad that was a burned out that they're, they're selling just the property. Sure. Because the person decided not to rebuild. So what is the status of that? Everybody wants to rebuild on that 50 or there's some that are trying to sell? All of the above. But at some point in the process first started, there was a five-year limit. And then this process was in place because you talk about like affordable housing in your city. This is still 50 lots. Like you would think that you'd want to rebuild those homes and almost rebuild them to as big as possible to create more space. But then you don't want to block views of your neighbors. It's on a hillside. And so that's the unique ball of wax again for the Thomas Fire Overlay projects and that policy consideration. And you're thinking that's a great and dandy. But then at the same time, we've had city managers turnover. We've had community de development turnover. I think Yolanda Bundy was the first one that was there. And so as staffs for cities and counties move on, the homeowners don't. And that's when things get lost between the shuffle. 
especially when we took our planning department, we used to do a lot of it in-house with paper stuff. The biggest complaint was we were too thorough of a city. The process took too long. People want to get that down. So then you get rid of the process. All of a sudden, we're outsourcing our projects to planning people by computer outside the city of Ventura. And now they have emails that sit in their email box for months. So before you were complaining about the papers were taking too long in City Hall, now we're complaining about the people who we don't know are taking too long to do their work in an office in Los Angeles or maybe San Francisco. So as I've learned as a simple-minded person, being a community leader on the ground level is that the process runs deep. And good and bad always kind of shine through this. Good is always way more than the bad, but sometimes that bad affects the good, and that's why Ventura Ford is here to help. All right, so... That's a complicated situation here, but we covered a lot of good stuff. Um, downtown Ventura moves. What do they call that again? Main Street Main moves. Street moves is the one. Uh, also, the fire station, probably the number one thing to look at, uh, certainly. The fire station's a big deal. Public yeah. safety is always first. Glad to support the fire station. I was there giving public comment about Mike Johnson and his continued litigation. If you're there wondering what happened to Mike Johnson's litigation, and his lawyer, Ron Bamier. Things moved forward there. Mike Johnson was not at city council this week, which was a big shocker for me because he could have challenged him, Spence. He could have challenged him big time. And I'll drop for the nuggets if I have one more minute here to where the Brownock violation occurred according to Johnson and his lawyer when he was denied access to a closed session meeting when the session meeting was about him. You're thinking, well, that makes sense. It was about him. But no, the Brownick says that you should be representing even if it's about you because your constituents have to be represented by somebody in the room. Mm -hmm. If not, that area is underprivileged or underdeserved or under whatever. Uh, uh, underserved. Underserved. Mm -hmm. Thank you, sir. So why didn't Johnson show up this week? And I heard he had some personal reasons. God bless him for whatever it is. Okay. But you got to be there. You got to be there because... You could have put their hand because if they didn't invite you into the room again, which I heard they were not going to, he could have said they did another Brownock violation. Does that make sense? And he didn't. So the drama was there. And I was the only one there giving public comment other than the firefighters who were there and like 15 people. But I was the only public speaker who gave public comment during closed session at 5 p.m. and who gave public comment at 12.35 at the end of the meeting. So seven hours I was there for you, Ventura Forward Tears, getting it done, providing you the information. I hope you had a good time. Awesome. Good topics. Let's think about Ray Fresco, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Saturday, if you're hearing this podcast recorded on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, aim your uh, entertainment dollars at Santa Paula. 20 bucks. You see those bands along with Camarillo, Mariachi Camarillo, and uh, Whiskey Business, a couple of other great bands there. They really span the globe. They got Mariachi, they have Country, uh, Ray Fresco. Again, I don't know what their category is, which is a good compliment to the band. Ventura Vibe is what Ray Fresco is. We're sharing the stoke. Ray Fresco will be taking us out. I just got another sponsor in the back of my head, Surfer's Point Cafe. Thank you so much, Kathy, for your continued support. Until next time, let's go! Let's go!